Hey, this is Cultivating Wellness Media. I'm your host, Lara Ashley, and I'm obsessed with all things business, marketing, and wellness. I'm a habitually leap of faith kind of girl, leaning in and saying yes wherever feasible. This has led me on an incredible journey, both personally throughout the world and professionally, from acting to the always evolving digital advertising world. Throughout our time together on this podcast, I'll bring you insights from leaders in the advertising, data science, and wellness industries to transform your brand presence and most importantly, your business returns. Think of this as your insight into the leap of faiths of others to propel your next adventure. So get ready to be challenged and take action. This is Cultivating Wellness Media. Hey, Trailblazers. This is Cultivating Wellness Media, and I'm your host, Laura Ashley. I am super excited about my guest today. Uh, she is well known as the Stress Bender. That is her nickname that has been given to her over the years. Her name is Shirley Chalk. Hopefully I pronounced that properly because as we've learned, I'm phonetically challenged. She is the owner and executive director of Aping Tai Chi in Connecticut. She has built a huge following online over the past few years and really elevated and integrated Tai Chi into newer generations. And I am just loving the way that she comes at the whole practice and the way she can break it down for all of us to more clearly understand why it could benefit our lives. So without further ado, hi, Shirley. How are you today? Hi, Laura. I am so good. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Very excited to be here. Yeah, I just, I love the opportunity to talk to anyone that really looks at wellness from a holistic kind of both mindset and physical perspective and how we can take something um, and integrate it into our everyday lives to increase our overall wellness. And then in the long run, that increases the overall wellness of our world, in my opinion. We just got to start one person at a time. And I love the unique ways that you've branched out to do that for your own practice and kind of the different direction your life took over the years that have brought to you to this place. So let's jump in a little bit of kind of some of your background and where you were at and then the leap of faith that you took to transition. Absolutely. Uh, yes, I have a pretty unique story as you are, as you have a very unique story. So I'm very excited yeah. to share yeah, with you. Yeah. So tell me about it. So you have a background in finance. Is that correct? That's right. So my undergraduate degree was in economics from the University of Chicago. And I did pursue a career in finance. And I did that for many, many years. I moved to Connecticut and I worked at Yale University for 15 years. And I was in different finance leadership positions in the university until I made that crazy decision to leave all of that behind, leave behind all of the Yale benefits to take over my master's Tai Chi school and become a business owner and try to bring this art that benefited my life so much. And I didn't see other people really talking about the benefits that I was experiencing in my life through Tai Chi. And I thought, this is what I need to bring to the world. Like, this is what I should be doing with my life. <laughs> so I just made that change. Yeah. I love that. And it sounds like, I mean, as I've learned slightly through you about Tai Chi, is you, you felt that energy shift and mm -hmm. you went with it and you knew that there was something bigger and more out there for you and you found a purpose of how to kind of use your learnings and your personal experience and expand it for others. And so you moved over to take over Aping Tai Chi. Am I pronouncing that correctly? 
I ping. I ping. Okay. Yeah. My apologies. I oh, ping right. Tai Chi. Like it's like um, it, it's so it's like between A and I in Chinese. So the word is A. In Chinese, so it's kind of like right between the two. And uh, in English, the uh, it's um, more people pronounce it I, but in Chinese it's A. And uh-huh. it it so A Ping is my master's name. So the school is named after her. But another variation, like the root words of her name, are love. And harmony. A is love, and Ping is harmony. And the harmony way of writing Ping is actually our school symbol. So it's in our logo and the back of our shirts, and uh, that it kind of is what represents our school. Wow. And I have a video that explains what the Chinese concept of ping and harmony is, and how that's different than uh, what many people might think of from like a Western mindset and the Western way of thinking about it. Really? So, how do they differentiate? Like, how how is that? How is harmony seemingly different in Western versus Eastern cultures? Yeah, so when you run this word ping through like Google Translate, then what you'll get is even, level, calm, peace. And when you have like a Western mindset to think about these words, the the concept that comes to my mind from my American Western mindset is very still. Something that would be like um, if you look at images for yoga studios and tranquility, just something very, very still. But the word itself, the Chinese character, it's made up of two components. The base component is a character that represents both action and opposition, and the. Other character that's within this base character represents all sides. So the way you get to harmony is you have to be able to deflect opposition from all sides, and it's a it's not still and tranquil at all. You have to be able to manage this opposition from all sides to then get to a balanced place. So, like that is just a very different way of the same word. <laughs> I love that, and that seems to really connect with Tai Chi as a practice as well. Is That's that right. I think I was unaware of, and I've now learned that it's based in martial arts. And there's kind of some true reasoning and grounding why a lot of people in the Western world of our generation are not really aware that it originated from martial arts and like how more people through your online videos are learning that this is actually a martial arts practice. And I feel like that's engaging a lot more younger generations to want to get into the practice. So could you like explain a little bit about how creating these online videos came about for you? What platforms you found a lot of success in unintentionally or intentionally? And (laughs) and (laughs) unintentionally is the right word. (laughs) (laughs) It really just goes to show, I think, that if you are just doing something that really resonates with you and not like thinking too much about the analytics and, you know, how to get more views and really just go with what really resonates with you, that people, they want to see what you have to say because they can tell from that initial, when you first show up on their screen, that you're really interested in what you have to say. Like for me as a viewer, I can feel that difference where if somebody is saying something because they think 
they should be saying it because they think it will get them views versus somebody who's saying something because it's just something that they had to hit record because it had to come out. And so that has been what's driven my content in the very, very beginning we didn't really have a YouTube channel. I mean, we had a YouTube channel, but all it was for was to showcase demonstrations that we've done. Um, you know, we, we didn't think of it as a place that we would make content. It was just like we do a lot of demonstrations and that's uh, where we kind of um, housed it for people to be able to see. And we didn't have an Instagram. Our Facebook page was was really just to provide information about our classes that we're going to be having this class on this day. There's a new class coming up. We're going to be at this event and it was all local. And then COVID hit and COVID changed everything for everyone. And every movement instructor had to figure out how did we earn a living when we couldn't teach in-person classes anymore? And we had to go online because that was the only way we could connect with our students. And um, that was my opportunity to like think about, like I personally have never enjoyed learning Tai Chi from the online and video resources. Just personally, I didn't think that I could learn. Well, I'm a little bit spatially challenged. Like if I need to follow along, I need to know exactly where are you stepping and what direction you're turning. And when I try to see the video of that, it just like, I can't really see it, especially if you're like facing me and, you know, I need to move my left hand, um, but it looks like you're moving your right hand because it's like the opposite. Like it just doesn't work for me. (laughs) I absolutely am the same as you. (laughs) So it's like, if you are doing something where you're not moving and it's just kind of static, then it works. But once you add turns and steps, it's like, you know, trying to learn dance, like trying to do it online. For me, it didn't work. And ultimately, everything that I teach and everything I put out is ultimately for me. (laughs) I need to be able to appreciate it as a student. Um, And so uh, what I was going to put out there um, as Shirley the teacher had to be good for Shirley the student. So I thought about like, what are the ways that I could do this in a way that I I would actually want to go and watch and ultimately to pay for, right? Because we had to find a way to monetize. Right. And if you put out a lesson that isn't something that people found valuable, then they wouldn't pay for it. You had to provide value. So I decided to go on Twitch, actually, as um, the platform because the way gamers had their setup they if you watch how a gamer does their setup they have a little camera on the side and then you see the big window of their gameplay and then they can toggle um, between the views of what you see they can sometimes flip their camera so that it's just their full screen and you see them and then they can flip it back to you know other views and twitch the platform um, made it really easy for you to do that. So I went to my school and I recorded a whole bunch of videos where it was the view from my back that also showed the reflection of the mirror to give the experience of if you were actually in the class, because that's the view that you would see. You would be behind me 
we would be moving in the same direction and then you would see the reflection in the front to see what's happening in the front. So I recorded all of these lessons that showed that view. And when I went on Twitch, I followed my class schedule. So it's like, if you were coming to class at this time, I'm going to have this class and it's going to be live. And then I um, taught to those recorded videos and then I would pause them and then switch back to my camera to clarify or answer questions. And that um, I felt was a better learning experience. And then when And that was purely for the live experience. I wasn't thinking content at all. Um, Being a Tai Chi instructor, the word content was like, a foreign concept. Like <laughs> yeah. it was not a word that we used. Right. <laughs> like content creator was a term I never even heard of. But I realized after I was doing this that these recordings were really valuable. Like then I understood why it's called digital assets, that this can be turned into content that can be monetized. So um, as my Twitch stream grew in popularity because when you're on Twitch, people discover you. And it's not just, we started out as just my students and people who um, may have known about us, who moved away, and it was an opportunity for them to be able to learn with me online. But it was very much a kind of a closed community of people who I knew. And then it quickly became a stream that was for public viewing. And you can't take the same approach for teaching classes anymore. So then I started becoming more of what you would think of a Twitch stream where people come in and we hang out and it just became a very organic experience of what we did. But then I had recorded so much of the prior classes that I could then package that into instructional videos that people could either subscribe to access or they could purchase. And even now, like three years later, those are there for people to subscribe to, to learn. I love that. And I can see so much value still because even though we're kind of moved past the COVID pandemic of staying home all of the time, a lot of us have kept some of the patterns that we had Mm -hmm. um, from during that period of time. And we may have been brought awareness to something such as the Tai Chi videos and learning experiences. And we'd like to continue it because, for instance, you're in Connecticut and I'm in Houston, Texas. Mm -hmm. We're not in the same location and maybe it seems like you come at it from a very connecting to the human perspective, mm-hmm. which I understand Chai Chi to really, that's how it is intended. However, yeah. it may not always be how it's taught. And a lot of times that connection with the specific instructor is super important for the individual. So I may connect better with you And it gives me the resources Mm -hmm. and the access and the availability to connect with you. And I think that's something so beautiful that came out of something really difficult for all of us. Yeah, Um, absolutely. So the ability to touch people all around the world is something that I just find truly, truly special. And even now, like I make my instructional videos free access for everyone the first five days of every month i like and and i don't do it through any kind of like click funnels to get your email address i just let you view it for free for five months uh, for five days um every month and people do go and view it because i can see where they're coming in from. I host it on Vimeo. So Vimeo allows you to see where around the world people are accessing. And it's global. Uh, And one of the things that I love seeing is how it changes, like the, the top 
five countries that watch the videos every month and you just see it changing from like Australia to India to and I've learned new countries I've never even heard of because like they're showing up in like these views and you know it's so my videos have been viewed by all six continents and, and it just boggles my mind. Like it's just amazing. That's and, so um, cool. And do you think? Yeah. A, do you think a lot of that came from um, the the way the Twitch platform works? And you were kind of describing to me that people drop in to your instructions, and that's really brought the awareness of that. Can yeah. You, it, for someone that's yeah. not really knowledgeable about Twitch and. Uh, a lot of my listeners may not be how that all, all works in that that ecosystem. I think is a really cool, interesting way to have expanded the knowledge and the presence of Tai Chi to to a global aspect. Yeah, so Twitch is global, and you go on and you can you know as long as it's allowed in the country, um, you they they go on and it's uh, about finding community, and what made my channel something that people really enjoyed being in is we were a very welcoming community. And, um, you know, there's so much toxicity online, especially in the gaming world. There's a lot of toxicity, but people really do appreciate environments that are not toxic and wholesome. And wholesome is actually a complimentary term that the younger generation uses because that was the thing that kept coming up with new people that came in. I love your channel. It's so wholesome because, you know, we... We need more of these these places where people can come together. Like everyone can come together. And it's like, you know, I tell people like you can oppose whatever you want to oppose in, you know, outside the channel. But here, like we welcome everyone. And I also streamed as part of the Heart Support Network stream team. So Heart Support Network is um, an organization that was formed for mental health support, first for musicians, and then it kind of grew a little bit more than that. And on Twitch, you can be part of a stream team. So it's a network of other channels based around, um, you know, some some sort of topic or, you know, something that identifies the community. And the Heart Support Network were all these channels that were welcoming places where you could be yourself. And so um, being part of that, like really like a more wholesome, wider community where we really did... Um, Know, talk about mental health and give mental health support uh, and um, doing that that just did connect to a larger audience of people and I think that just having that on Twitch even after I left Twitch that community was there and they got to know me so then when I did go on Instagram and do more Instagram and went on TikTok, um, there were people who followed me there. And then, of course, being on Instagram and TikTok just opened up to a whole wider audience of people who, you know, are learning about me for the first time. Uh, yeah. Right. I love that. Now, let's, let's like, as, as you've kind of grown this audience and more people have known about you and more people are learning about Tai Chi. Can you talk a little bit about Tai Chi and what the purpose of it is and how it can really enlighten, engage, and, and bring purpose to an individual? Yeah, absolutely. So, tai Chi is one of those things that a lot of people, they 
don't really know what it is, even though they have heard and they may have an idea or a concept in their mind of what they've seen, but they don't really know what it is. So one of the things that we coined when I was live streaming, because so many people would come on and they're like, what are you doing? And you will say, oh, it's Tai Chi. Like, what's Tai Chi? And after spending, you know, so many of these moments trying to explain what Tai Chi is, um, and because our community really loved Avatar, The Last Airbender, and that um, drove a lot of my content around like elemental bending was all based on a particular Chinese martial art. And Tai Chi was the inspiration for water bending and other martial arts were the inspiration for the other bending. The concept of bending um, was very familiar with my community. And one day it was like, you know what? We're stress bending because like stress is the thing that so many people struggle with. And I found for my own life, the Tai Chi techniques that I learned helped me be able to deal with stress in a way that other people struggled with. We talked a little bit before the show, but I don't think I mentioned here yet that my career before I took over Iping Tai Chi, which was my master's school, was in finance. And I had a long, like 20-year career in finance, and I advanced into leadership positions. And it can be very, very stressful. And I was at one place for 15 years. So I basically advanced my career with many peers who started out with me. And we all kind of advanced into different leadership positions over the 15 years. And I really saw how there were so many people who couldn't, deal with the stressful situations and environments, all the conflicts that happen, especially when you get into more of the senior management positions, that it can get more stressful the, because you're the one that needs to make decisions and you need to try to get other managers who don't want to make the decisions that you want to make. And there are just many, many more conflict situations as you advance in your career. Uh, people were exhausted. You could see it in their energy by the end of the day. It was like they were uh, just completely exhausted. And I always felt like I still had my energy and I didn't feel like I was fighting all of these battles that made me so depleted and exhausted. And my career actually did progress and advance in a very organic way. I was able to work with a lot of people and um, my, I just seemed to be able to manage conflict situations much better. And that was when I, you, you realized retrospect after the fact that, you know, why, why was it like life seemed to be easier for me when it was so hard for other people? And I was like, you know, it's all of these techniques that I learned from my Tai Chi training and in particular Tai Chi as a martial art, there are these mindsets and techniques and things that you have to explore with yourself and how do you move in relationship to the forces around you? What's your reaction to the forces around you? So when there's a conflict, what's your reaction to that conflict? If you tense up, then you actually give somebody else some power over you because you've become really hard and that's easy for someone else to control. But if you become like water and you are fluid, 
without becoming limp and weak that you lose your power. But if you are able to be like the wave that is able to come all together and follow the direction of force and be able to feel the direction of the forces and redirect some of these forces that are coming at you, um, you can navigate conflict in a much, much more productive way. And so I was bringing these Tai Chi techniques that I was learning from my physical practice into my everyday life. And I was like, you know what? I just realized this is the secret scroll. Like, I discovered the secret scroll. <laughs> yes. I love that. And listening to you talk, it is the secret that we're all searching for on how to navigate our everyday, whether it be upper management leadership mm -hmm. or high stakes negotiating with a six-year-old and three-year-old in my yes, house. absolutely. <laughs> and that was actually something that I also discovered as I was parenting because I have a 15-year-old daughter and a 13-year-old son. And, you know, so, and my friends and I, we all kind of had our kids around the same time. Like I have a friend, a girlfriend's group uh, that we were getting together every month. There were six of us, five of us got pregnant at the same time. <laughs> and it was just like the age that we all kind of had our kids together. So I was seeing, you know, my friends and the battles that they were having with their kids to try to, you know, get them to, you know, calm down and to listen. And, um, you know, I could see that it was like the, the, the children were feeding off of their energy. And um, if you are stressed out and you and your kids are stressed out, if you can't get your energy into a calmer state, then the saying the words calm down isn't really going to be effective because people feel each other's energies and especially children, they feel energy so strongly. So if like the, the best way for me, and I got frustrated with my kids too, I would give myself timeouts. Like I wouldn't give the kids the timeouts. I would give myself the timeout so I could calm my own energy. And then that then allowed me to be able to help my kids be able to calm their energies. I absolutely agree with that. And I only, I had read about it for years and I had mm -hmm. looked into it and I had seen Instagram posts about that idea, but never did I full heartedly go into that until this March with my two mm -hmm. children, with my, mm -hmm. my first, when she was young, I would say I was probably there, but dynamic got crazy once the second came along and she came along right when COVID hit. So the mm -hmm. world was just mayhem and my unexpectedly, my eldest was home, but I, this March experienced, well, I personally had a bit of a meltdown and I realized how overwhelmed and overstimulated and, and stressed and, and all of the years had kind of accumulated into this one moment. And I had to remove myself from the scenario for a day mm -hmm. or two to kind mm -hmm. of right myself. And, and yeah. I did that through really digging into what was happening for me and not running from it and really starting to face it. And, and in that period, I had let my husband know that I was not taking care of mornings anymore. Mornings mm -hmm. with young kids are crazy. Mm -hmm. And school starts here at 720. So yeah. to get the kids out the door yeah. by that point is nuts. And, yeah. and I found that Within two weeks of me no longer being part of that, which I had mm -hmm. been for almost seven years at that point, mm -hmm. the kids and myself were like on a different trajectory. They were mm -hmm. no longer 
kind of manic like I was Mm -hmm. in the mornings. And there was Mm -hmm. so much less screaming and there was so much less resistance. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that first week for my husband was really tough. They they fought each other pretty hard, but that was, you know, typical for a new boss or new sheriff in town scenario. Um, But once I did that, and even them going into, going physically into the school, they were much more regulated walking into the school. And we've kept up that because I took that time instead to do uh, box breathing or to do journaling and to do mm-hmm. instill that morning period when I wake up mm-hmm. to center myself yeah. so that I can take on the rest of the day, whatever that means, professionally and personally, yeah. and all the dynamics that that we juggle in our heads that we have to keep track of. And I found then when they come home, I'm better able to engage with them Mm -hmm. and bedtime goes smoother. Every, all of those difficult moments go smoother. Now they're not perfect. I mean, (laughs) teeth brushing and baths (laughs) for a three and six year old, it's like trying to feed them something green. Like they are, I think, predisposition to run as fast as possible. But like you, I give myself timeouts or I do wall pushups a lot of times if Mm -hmm. I'm like stressed by their reaction for something because I work with my six-year-old who does have sensory issues and neurodiversity. And so we've spent a lot of time in in giving her the toolkits needed. Mm -hmm. And it has in turn provided me with toolkits that I didn't realize I needed that could really help Mm -hmm. me in life. And I think more recently, the one that's been really useful is bedtime is another one. Kids just don't want to go to sleep Mm -hmm. and uh, they get amped up. And I used to just sit in there for story time or bedtime and be like, lay down, lay down, lay down, quiet, lay down. You know, and who wants to lay down when someone's just yelling at you to lay down? Like, that's not restful. <laughs> and and they chose to start sleeping in the same room. And I loved that because it made it story time easier. But yeah. I found when they were so amped up and if my ecosystem and my nervous mm-hmm. system was starting to rise, the yeah. best solution was for me to walk away. And yeah. I would just say, girls, I'll be back, but I'm going to give you a moment so I can take a moment. And I would leave the room and let them do their WWE, like WrestleMania that they were <laughs> doing in there. Let them get it out of their system. Mm-hmm. And it was maybe like five minutes max mm-hmm. that bedtime was extended by by me leaving which actually ended up being like 20 minutes shorter than when I was in there telling them to lay down. And it just goes to show how important it is, as you were bringing attention to, to regulate ourselves Mm -hmm. in communicating with anyone, with my husband, with management teams, with, I mean, the person we run into on the street that may be Mm -hmm. just having a bad day. If we can present ourselves to the world in a more centered, balanced a harmonious place, then we're able to bring more value to every situation we encounter. And I think you you addressed a little bit about how harmony is intertwined with Tai Chi. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. And, That's right. Yeah. 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 And I think it's so, so important. I love your story and your example because it goes to show that when you focus on your internal needs, like what you need for yourself and what you need for your family, you will find a way to make that work as long as you keep focus on how to maintain the center and harmony for you and your family. And that requires some it, it can be a little bit scary to try to find that answer for yourself. And a lot of people, they don't trust themselves to know what to do. And what they wind up doing is relying on everybody else's advice. And that might not really be the best solution for what your needs are, just because it works for someone else. It doesn't mean that that's what's going to work for you. So there is a certain amount of, you know, mindfulness is a word that is used so much. 
overused so much that a lot of people have not really thought about like the true sense of that meaning anymore. But, you know, to really bring your mind into the moment that you're in and see what the needs are for you now and for where you need to be. So this is where Tai Chi is so beneficial because it is not just something that you do. I always tell my students and uh, everyone, actually, you'll hear me say this like in a lot of my content, that Tai Chi isn't just something you do. It's how you do everything. It is a mindset that you bring into everything that you do where you take a look in a very honest and open way to see what are my needs at this moment right now. Where is your starting point of where you are as opposed to where you would like to be and thinking that that's where you would start, but actually being very honest and open to know what are my needs, what do I need to do to sustainably get me from where I am to where I need to be. And then finding the simplest and most efficient way to get from here to there. And if you can keep to that sense of finding the most efficient way to get from here to there, then you can kind of declutter a lot of the things that you think I should be doing this. I should be doing that. A lot of the issues that people have in trying to find an easier way to live is they get all tangled up in what they do because they are trying so many things that are actually outside that path, that very, very simple path of where am I right now and where do I want to be? And just because you might like what other people can do, that might not be the path that is going to get you to where you want to be. So like with Tai Chi, it's all about what is the most efficient way to move from where I am to where I need to be. And um, most of the time, the lesson is move less. (laughs) You're trying to move too much. In your attempt to get from here to there, you're adding all these extra movements that are actually now throwing you off balance. If you just stop trying to move so much and stayed still, you'll get to where you want to go. Uh, and that, yes, right. <laughs> so <laughs> my first lesson with people who don't know anything about Tai Chi is I, I show them your eyes trick you. You see movement that isn't actually there. And we go through a practice where I show them how if they just stayed still, they can do it. (laughs) If they try to do it, they can't do it. (laughs) I love the interconnectivity of the, the physical and the mental or emotional or energy that Tai Chi brings to not only the Tai Chi practice, but to your everyday life. And it sounds like it would be beneficial to instill it more often than not as a practice Mm -hmm. in your life to help keep you centered and help keep bringing you back to that place because it is a very distracting world out there. And we do have a tendency as, uh, at least in Western culture, um, to think that if we are not doing, then we are not moving to Mm -hmm. the next place. I am very guilty of that, particularly (laughs) in the checklist of our household. Um, But it it is fascinating to see how, how it can connect you in both locations to help you move then through life in a more intentional way. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people these days are choosing 
words for themselves for the year and intentionality happened to be mine. Um, but yes, I think it's, I'm a, so glad. Yeah. it's a common one that people find yes. at some point in their lives. But intentionality, it's, it's exactly what you were explaining just now is intentionality really takes laser focus to pause and think about this next movement or this next place or this next moment, what do I want out of it? And what is the fastest way to get to that or the smoothest or the, the most seamless? And it almost sounds like you're saying what Tai Chi brings is a sense that you might not be planning out what that way is. Mm-hmm. And that through Tai Chi, people learn that by pausing, they will, it will appear to them almost in a sense, or it will, it will reveal itself as to how to get there. Um, yeah, in yeah, a more efficient it really route. is. Absolutely. So the focus is always your center that you, all you need to do is stay relaxed, maintain your center and things will move. Time passes. You can't control time. Time is going to pass and motion happens. And if you just stay centered so that you don't lose your balance as things happen and time passes, then by the time you get to that end point, you will still be centered because you are always centered because it's being present in the moment at every moment as time moves on and then you will like time it's it's now and it's the end but the end is also now and if you just stay centered right then you will be centered when it gets to the end which is actually now (laughs) And, and you will you will have absorbed and felt and lived in those moments yeah you will get the most out of all of those now moments, both now and the future now, Mm -hmm. um, that you, which I think is what we're all looking for Mm -hmm. innately, but by not being present because we're Mm -hmm. so distracted, we're not achieving it and we're looking for ways to achieve it, but Mm -hmm. we can't achieve it until Mm -hmm. we allow ourselves to have that moment of pause and that Mm -hmm. moment of peace and centered and calm for it to happen with us. Yeah, and that's that's why for Tai Chi, I think that it's such great training because for the physical practice, this is the baseline requirement. You can't do the movements well without bringing your mind into the movement because in Tai Chi, E, why I is the word for your intention. Movements start there. So there's a saying the yi leads the qi, which is like the breath and the energy, and then the movement follows that. So the mind has to be there, and it's the most important thing. Then, as the mind thinks and intends, then the body follows in that direction and you have to stay with that moment. So when you practice this in your physical movements, you actually have something tangible for your body to know. You're you're experiencing something physically, so you have an understanding of what this means. And this is really hard because people are so focused on... I messed up that movement. Oh, why did I mess up that movement? Or, oh, that's the part that I always lose my balance coming up in like five movements and four movements and three. And then, you know, so they're either on a past moment or on a future moment. And it's like trying to get you to actually stay with this present moment. So when you actually have this physical practice that gets your body to understand what this concept means, staying in the present moment in your body, then it's something you know. Then it's not just 
theory, right? People can listen to our conversation. It might sound great in theory, but how do you actually make that something that you can enact? Um, you, you can't really until your body has experienced it. Well, I can't wait to hop on and check out one of your videos to start to experience it myself. <laughs> I have enjoyed this conversation so much with you, Shirley. And I oh, thank you so much, Laura. Listening to you talk just has a calming effect on me. So I can only imagine <laughs> one of your sessions or movements or teachings and learnings provides that for people across the globe um, to really help them have a catalyst to get to that place themselves. You know, mm -hmm. that, that tone and that cadence of, of the, the instructor really helps center and f give that like ability for someone like myself to get into the mindset and the place and the being to accept what it is that I'm venturing into and try to create it mm -hmm. on my own. And I would just love to find out, you know, if you could let all of our listeners know where they can um, learn from you, um, how they could get in contact with you, and we'll put it all in the show notes. So where is the best place these days to, to kind of find your resources and any of your lessons and learnings? Yeah, I think Instagram is a great start just because that's where I'm making more content um, than anywhere else. So if you want to kind of see little, you know, I, I've been making mainly reels. So 90 seconds gives you just a little taste and you can get a sense of what it's about on Instagram. YouTube is where you can go a little deeper dive. Um, I am not able to make as many long form YouTube videos, but you know, there is quite a bit there that you can get, you know, sink your teeth into. And then of course, uh, if you want to you know, go a little deeper, we have, you know, ways where you can get more, more video lessons or learn with me live. Um, and it, it's Iping Tai Chi, A-I-P-I-N-G, T-A-I-C-H-I across the board. That's the website and the social handles. Love it. Well, Shirley, I have appreciated this time with you so much. I want to thank you for coming on and expanding my mind uh, about a new practice that sounds really intriguing to add to my life. And I am just stoked that all of the listeners at Cultivating Wellness Media get to check you out and, and learn from you and learn something new. So I look forward to the next time that we meet. And for all of you trailblazers out there, keep on emerging into the ever-expanding health and wellness venture that you have planned. Thank you so much, Shirley. Thank you so much, Laura. It was so fun to talk with you. I'm sending you a virtual hug because you've just reached the end of another incredible episode of Cultivating Wellness Media. Time sure flies when you're diving into inspiring content, doesn't it? If you're hungry for more or eager to share your own wellness journey, I invite you to reach out to me on Instagram. Don't forget to visit the show notes for all the necessary contact details. Keep cultivating your well-being and spreading that positive energy until we meet again. Thank you for joining me on this trailblazing adventure.